Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome along to a super special, extra gorgeous tastic episode of Ready Player Two, which is um, just a little kind of non-canon slip-in. We're doing a lot of these non-canon slip-ins at the moment. I'm starting to feel a little bit dirty about it, but we've got Ross here. Hello. Should we just give up on numbers? Yeah, well, I don't even know why we bother numbering the episodes anymore. Um, and our super special guest this evening is Mr. Andrew Benison. Hello, and thank you for having me. That's all right. Don't mention it. Um, we Andrew is from uh, Prospect Games, and you probably, if you listen to the previous couple of podcasts, you probably heard us speaking about them. They are the genius minds behind Unbox, uh, the game that we saw at EGX and kind of blew our faces off a little bit, and we gave it indie game of the show, which was. But we were very excited to see that when it came through. It's our first olive leaves. So. Oh, is it really? Oh, really? Uh, don't be that excited. It's just us. <laughs> <laughs> we, we like to talk a big game, but actually, pff, nobody listens to us. <laughs> so um, before we start, oh yeah, God. Uh, well, we'll cut that to the end. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, so Andrew's very kindly agreed to come along, and speak to us a little bit about the journey he's been on with Unbox uh, and everything that they've been doing at Prospect Games, uh, because it's been a bit of an exciting few weeks, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what with uh, EGX, uh, the Greenlight campaign, uh, Play Expo that we were just back from, it's been sort of all systems go. You like to keep it going, really, don't you? You like to keep the ball rolling. Or the box rolling. <laughs> uh, that's true. Oh, Lovely. on point. I do like it. Okay, fine. So um, for for those people that may not have heard, Unbox, when we went to see it at EGX, was uh, hadn't even been greenlit yet. It wasn't in beta. It wasn't in alpha. It wasn't in early access. You couldn't get your hands on it. Is that right? Effectively, yeah. I mean, we did put a demo out months and months ago, uh, which a couple of thousand people grabbed. But I mean, it was so different back then that it, you know it's pretty much a new game. But just a couple of thousand people. Just, just, yeah, small, just, yeah, just a just small, 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 small fry numbers. Small focus group of thousands. <laughs> <laughs> just a small focus group of a couple of thousand people. It's fine. We, get, we like to keep it low key. Okay, so is it fair to say that in the last few months, um, I don't know if it's been since EGX, but certainly from what we saw at EGX, this, is, this has kind of blown up a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, we're not at like gang beast levels yet, but I mean, it's what we're aiming for. We're on, we're on the path. It's, it was a case of we started development in January and kind of from January until August, kind of developing a level in the dark. We'd done events and it really was as we ran up to EGX and we started to post about it more. And then at the show, uh, combined with the Greenlight campaign, it just suddenly things took off. And yeah, in the last few weeks, we just had this really nice buzz uh, around Unbox, which is very, it's just cool and it's validated 
the uh, development for the past few months where we've just been in the dark, not knowing, like, are people really going to like this or not? And it's a case of, yeah, they do. I think if you get a couple of thousand people downloading a really, really, really early demo, then you're pretty much on the right tracks, I would have mm. thought. Yeah. The internet does love something a bit weird. <laughs> it's a game about a cardboard box. Let's download the shit out of that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> so for, for people who haven't seen or heard of the game before, and including Ross, because Ross wasn't there at EGX, so he's seen the game, he's seen videos, and he's obviously read up on the website because he's diligent and he likes to do his research, well, don't I you, I heard Ross? you guys talking about it, and it sounds exciting. Yeah. There you go. So for, for people like Ross, would you like to just explain the game and the premise and how it plays? Sure, well it's about the ultimate postal service, self-delivering cardboard boxes. So it's a <laughs> physics uh, yeah, it's a physics platformer <laughs> where you play as a cardboard box, you're jumping around massive worlds, completing challenges, proving that you can deliver to anywhere on Earth. Uh, so you've got a big single player ca- campaign mode and split screen local multiplayer where you're racing against each other to deliver yourself to the end of these big uh, race courses or you're battling in arenas shooting fireworks at one another. Wow, so, so you've got local co-op, you've got the couch gaming down already. Absolutely, I mean we grew up playing like GoldenEye and Mario Kart yes. and all those sorts of titles and when we originally came up with Unbox, like we just sort of, sort of smushing all of those retro experiences we had into it and combined it somehow works. Brilliant. Am I right in saying that so you've got all these couch playing and co-op experiences, uh, is there somebody there who really, really likes Mario 64? <laughs> yeah, that would be me. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> I did wonder where that kind of influence is coming in. It's not. It doesn't smack of it. It doesn't. It doesn't pick up Mario and hit you in the face with him or anything. But it's just got that lovely little feel that reminded me of that game. Yeah, Mario, Banjo, all those sorts of titles. Mm. Sort of try to force it as much into Unbox as possible. But it was actually a case of uh, the uh, single player. We announced and revealed that at EGX. Like up until. Uh, July, we didn't have a single player like that. It was just kind of small obstacle courses, and none of us really liked it, and people didn't really like it. And I had this sort of eureka moment where it was like, wait, we're doing this game that's kind of like Mario. I'm very influenced by it. Why don't we do kind of open worlds where people can jump around and have like a little sandbox to play in? Uh, and the team were obviously like dismayed because they were like, oh god, like you're asking us to <laughs> more work. <laughs> yeah, just create a whole nother game effectively. But I was like, trust me, this is going to work. And EGX is where we revealed it, and lo and behold, it did work. People absolutely loved it way more than we were expecting because it is quite at an early stage on the single player side multiplayer is much more fleshed out but we were finding people loved it and it's again it's just validating that these like risks and choices that we've made that we've kind of been keeping behind closed doors up until a point we thought were good enough to show it's paid off the risks are great. That's, this was something I wanted to speak to you about. But the indie gaming scene, it seems to me like from walking around EGX, and we love this every single year, we go and look at the AAA games, and sometimes it feels like we've got to. You know, you're kind of going <laughs> through the churn. You got have It's Call of Duty. We're going to have to play that then. Um, and, but we love going to the indie gaming section because there's just shit there that you're never going to see yeah. a, a big studio do. And um, this is that kind of thing. You walk past it, and I've got to say, the multiplayer looked excellent. It was difficult to get a look in on the multiplayer because there was quite a few people the first time we went past it all sat around looking at it. Um, but the single player really grabbed me. The graphics, I mean, good God. Considering this is a game basically about a cardboard box, I'm not belittling <laughs> your idea there or anything, but this is a game about self-delivering cardboard boxes. Good Christ, it looks amazing. Thank you. Well, I mean, it, it's one of these things where when uh, I hear that and I go, oh, you know, it's great to hear and everything, I pass on to the artist and they go, oh, no, it looks crap, you know, it's still got <laughs> months of work to do. But yeah, they, uh, you know, they've done a fantastic job so far. Um, Unreal 4 is, is pretty good out the box uh, and using PBR as well means uh, things can pop a lot more. So that's all cool. But uh, yeah, there's, there's just a lot more left to do and you know people are only seeing a, a very small slice of the single player like people see that and think oh 
single player is that world and it's like no there's five of those you know we've oh got, is there really yeah we've got a lot more to produce uh, and there'll be wow. you know wildly different environments with lots of different things to do in them so yeah that's all coming soon <laughs> well you've got that you've got the hook you've obviously got people interested i think if you build on that and you get the content in they you know build it and they will come that's really the stage we're at where we're very confident that the game uh, from a mechanical standpoint it's effectively done people like it they like the handling uh, they're kind of surprised by the handling they think it's going to feel very very clunky uh, and sort of be intentionally difficult like iron bread and it's actually more of a halfway between that and like a kart racer where it's actually somewhat fluid so the mechanics and all that we're happy with it's it's really just content we need to flesh it out with a lot more things to do not just official challenges which we set to the players to you know to complete the game but also more sandboxy things to play around with just physicsy things to push over and, and experiment with Is that a little bit yeah. like the, uh, the little big planet type worlds where you can kind of create your own game within a game that kind of thing yeah, I mean, we haven't got any kind of like level editors, but in that sense, yeah, that you, you might be able to find a secret little thing and play around with it mm. or set off explosives and demolish some buildings like that, that. Those kind of experiences we want to put in more so that when you've done your sort of eight hours campaign playthrough and completed it, you can yeah. go back and start finding things you didn't notice the first time around. Excellent. Well, now we've got a couple of questions that I'm going to mention something that, I, that got me a bit of a stern look. <laughs> when we were at uh, when we were at EGX, um, and it's I don't know if it's well, yeah it's one word, co-op. Now, I mentioned this to one of the guys. I forget his name. Was it is it Tim? Probably uh, was this at EGX? Yes, it was. Probably uh, Griff or Chris then. Oh, it might have been right. So uh, I said, oh, I did, you know, this looks great. We played the co-op. Uh, sorry, we played the uh, the multiplayer split screen. We played the single player. Is is there any you know you think about co-op? And he looked at me, <laughs> <laughs> and he went. Not without recoding the whole bloody thing. Yeah, but... <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that, like, that would have oh. been Chris. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I kind of, I was like, oh, okay then, never mind. Yeah, are there any thoughts about co-op? Or, or are you so far down the rabbit hole now that, that this is the format that you've got, this is the formula you want to stick with? Like many other features, there's definitely desires to have that kind of stuff, but it is a case of, because the game came from a game jam, and it's also, you know, elements like single player have come on board later in the game, like further down the project timeline you would require like massive reworkings it's like we had on the green light page a lot of people going like oh there's no reason there shouldn't be online multiplayer in this and it's like <laughs> yeah there is yeah. it's <laughs> not you have any, re- any idea yeah how build it how building online into a game like this <laughs> makes changes to it the yeah. uh, to be honest we saw an awful lot of couch gaming games um and probably for the first time actually at egx we saw a lot of games that were saying no we're not putting online in we're just not doing it we are just a couch gaming experience we really love that i certainly really really love that um and i'd like it's I, it must be great for indie devs as well because i would imagine adding netcode to stuff like this is an absolute nightmare absolutely there's, i mean if you actually look at it there's not that many online indie games i mean the most popular one i could or successful one i can think of at the moment is Verdun, uh and that was because they're using things like the um oh what was it that unity plugin uh photon mm. uh, so you know to, to be building like netcode from scratch as an indie developer is insane like you you'd have to have a really good backing or you know a few games in your portfolio and some money to boot in order to do that so yeah it was one of it was basically you know online from the get-go we just couldn't do from a, a technical standpoint uh, and then with co-op yeah it's something we'd like to do it wouldn't be hard to build the functionality of it it's just weaving that back into a game that's already you know three quarters structurally built it would be too much but you know one of these things down the line it would be interesting to think about more well, un- i think it's a- two wink wink Oh, that was a bit of a nudge. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and get some car from the, online in there. Um, it's, I think it's a good idea to have a plan straight from the, you know, because you end up with people like Krillbite who were making an, Among the Sleep and they put an awful lot of time and effort into um, VR, making it work with VR, only to recently say, no, we, we can't make it work, we can't do it. <laughs> we, we're having to shoehorn uh, VR into this game that we didn't really envisage it having in the first place. It's just cost us so much time, effort and money that we're just going to have to pull out of it. And they got a few boos and hisses and then they also got a few people saying, okay, fine, well, at least you've made a sensible decision there. So it's, it sounds like you've made that decision early on rather than falling into the pitfalls later. Yeah, very much. I mean, while the game has had elements like single player that have massively changed mid-development, there were a set of features and ideas where it was like, we're not doing this. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen or we'll go massively out of budget. We'll need more people, etc. So yeah, uh, we tried to go in with as good a plan as possible, uh, you know, things change as you go but you can't be saying oh let's just we'll turn it into an mmo it's like no, you know hey, not gonna happen box no. mmo you're gonna have to wait for the second game <laughs> um all right so you spoke about budget and money there now stop me if this is going a little bit too close to the bone but um you weren't on kickstarter were you you didn't get crowdfunded or anything like that no. you are a, a, an internal company you uh, have you got funding do the guys work full-time or is it a side project and they have full-time jobs uh, it, was, it was kind of mi- a mix of everything. Uh, the three of us who effectively found in Prospect, we were all working in industry and we, we went to uni together, so we've known each other for years. And so we, we saved up money for quite a while to put it into the uh, company and quit our jobs uh, and do this for a living. Uh, so there was that. So it's, it's basically been a case of sort of our money, friends and family. Uh, we managed to get a bit of private investment, uh, enough to basically just about get us through the gate. So. And now we're, you know, sort of doing the whole like looking for publishers and seeing what we can uh, get on that front. So it's been this weird sort of like hodgepodge of just trying to you know, just grab anything you can and just keep things going. But hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We've always had enough to make sure we can put out at a base level basically what you're seeing, and that's garnered attention and made it easier you know, to sort of get us on the road to release now. Has, has things like Kickstarter and uh, Patreon ever been a, a, a possibility? Yeah, Kickstarter at one point was a pretty big possibility. The problem was the bubbles kind of burst for indies. Yeah. So, you know, Kickstarter is still, crowdfunding's not going to go away. There's a lot of people sort of naysaying and saying oh, it's the death of crowdfunding. It, it's not, it's just changing. And kind of like early access, people don't really want to kickstart a thing yeah. uh, that's not in existence. 
they want a finished product but they can put money into to like pre-order it that's yeah. generally what early access and kickstarter is being used for so we were never at a stage up until recently where we were confident that that would go well for us uh and, and it's also just the fact that you know things like kickstarter you're expected to give rewards it's like yes. part of your kickstarter budget goes towards well you know bit goes towards kickstarter and then you've got to be you know given t-shirts and mugs and you know very flippant things so <laughs> that works it, out doesn't it exactly so uh it, it's entered our head several times uh, especially when the you know the wallet's a little empty but it's sort of to me it not so much the risks but just the the time and resources it would take up to push it through wasn't really worth it when i knew i could get financing from other avenues so there's three of you that actually quit your full-time jobs to do this uh, yeah yeah it was uh, jack uh, wow. tim and myself uh yeah, we were all working in various places for years, and we'd done uni for three years, and we've been sort of masters of our own destiny there, making our own projects. Yeah. So to then go to other studios and do other kinds of work, it wasn't really the life we had in mind. So I don't know about Rich, but that that that, that terrifies me. The thought of doing that, a bit it's chasing that dream, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it, we were getting to a point like when we started this proper, we were. Uh, just turning 25 26 and it was like right well you know if we give this a few more years we're not really going to be in a position to just like you know quit our jobs you know, start mm. a new life it was kind of now or never and that really pushed us to just take the just take the leap God. uh but we were actually it was funny we were developing a stealth action game we were developing something a lot more serious uh, and we did the unreal game jam in december of last year in 2014 yeah. as i saw, i was like how about you know to take a break from games development guys how about we do three days of intensive games development <laughs> uh, and you know the theme for the jam was what's in the box and we came up with the initial demo and it all went from there and i'm just i'm so happy we took the leap because we stumbled onto this you know, it's somewhat unique idea, something that really stands out. And, you know, we've had more fun working on this than I think anything else in our lives. So, so Unbox has been a, is it a 10 month process then from January to, to now? Uh, yeah, effectively. So we did the jam for three days in December and uh, over the Christmas holidays, I sort of told, we, we did it. And then it was Christmas day. Like I was just like, we should do this. We should do this. <laughs> so I called them. Fucking boxes. Yeah, I called them and I was like, guys, this is seriously, we got something here. And so, as soon as we got back in January, we just immediately jumped into it. Wow. Ten... Where, where did it? Where did it come from? Where, I mean, I get, I get the whole thing was out of the box and and all the rest of it. But did you guys sit around and go, <laughs> need to make a, make a game where you're a fucking cardboard box? That's that's the winner right there. Well, we we spent the first like eight hours just coming up with ideas which were mostly like bizarre and crap for the most part <laughs> uh, and there was sort of a lull period where we just had nothing uh, and Jack went to his room for a few hours he came back he was like come over here come check this out and he had this box <laughs> rolling around and originally it would unpack and stack itself on top of itself so it was making these giant like columns and he was like I've come up with this kind of platform where you kind of unpackage yourself and then you use your giant column of boxes to sort of fling yourself <laughs> we're like oh this is cool but then we were like well, make it a bit more explosive make it pop and so you had the unboxing and very rapidly from there we turned it into the split screen racer where it was racing down obstacle courses and we absolutely loved it and it was because it was christmas we were like make a christmas box oh make a prospect box make a this <laughs> make a that and all of a sudden we had this massive warehouse of traps and hazards and boxes jumping around and multiplayer levels and yeah, we didn't win the jam, but the people loved it. Like the everyone else entering was like, "Wow, unbox! This is that's weird." <laughs> See, that's that, that's the great thing, though, isn't it? Surely, is it is it not a bit like X Factor? The winner, nobody ever hears about those books <laughs> ever again. It's the, it's the second and third and fourth place that you want to watch out for. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the winner was, um, well, one of the winners was like basically just Minesweeper, but in 3D, you just step on the blocks. And, well, and where are those guys now? <laughs> <laughs> Were they at EGX? I don't think so. No, so it was, uh, that was kind of our persuasive, that was what persuaded us, was just the number of comments saying like, oh, this is cool, you should do more of that. And we're like, we agree. Let's do it. <laughs> Amazing. This is, so, and, and, and on top of this, on top of all of the stuff that you do, um, with Prospect and with Unbox and with the other stuff that you've got going on, you, um, am I right in saying that you help promote other indie developers, you help kind of show them what, or help them out in what they might need to be doing, getting funding or what direction they need to go in with their company or their startup? Sure, I mean, I'm always down for giving advice and actually, uh, pretty much most of 2014 I spent doing gaming events, so I ran a company for a short time called Update. Uh, and we did events called Update, uh, another one called Drink Up, which was a more... So Update was like a big kind of, um, sort of four or five hundred of us at Media City. It was getting wow. devs and the local community together. Uh, and then Drink Up was uh, about 300 of, us, 300 of us at a bar. And that was about devs meeting um, sort of external uh, potential business partners. You know, developers are great at meeting developers. They don't really hang out in the same circles as uh, accountants and lawyers and that stuff. So I tried to bring a couple of hundred of them together and it was a great success. And everyone like speed dating. It. Yeah, effectively. Like speed yeah. dating, but with accountants and game developers. What could possibly go wrong yeah. there? And a lot and a lot of alcohol, which uh, yeah, exactly. helps smooth the process over. How, so, how do I get how do I get accountants and lawyers and game developers to talk to each other? Playing with booze. Exactly. That's that's the way to get everybody everybody working, isn't it? Yeah. And I I also set up a business network called Game Hub, which was for Northwest game developers. And we had a Facebook group with a couple hundred people in it. We did a few uh, events where we did talks and meetings. Uh, but I kind of I started to sort of focus more on the prospect because you know the community side of things is all well and good, but I was doing it basically for free. So now I'm focusing on prospects and trying to help people through that sort of lead by example. And also, if people come to me and want help, you know, I'll give it. Uh, I always try to help, you know, make people you know connect with others. Uh, I'm doing the Yuki uh, student conference in a week and a half's time, so I'll be talking to Staffordshire University about the realities of setting up a startup games development company. Wow. Well, I don't know about you, Ross, but I'm feeling a little bit inadequate now. Yeah, I mean, we just do a podcast, and that's a bit personal. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, I feel like maybe I should get out and do something with my life. Bloody hell! I don't know. I don't know where you. In 10 I, I don't know where you get all the energy. Did you have some of the? Did you like take a load of those uh, energy drinks that they had at EGX? With you? <laughs> the tornado. Oh, God, no, those were terrible. No, I, I, <laughs> that's what everybody says. Yeah, I know. Energy drinks don't do anything for me. I don't know what it. Is. I just it just tastes like sugar, but it, I don't get any of the benefits. So I've, I've always, I don't know, just tea's good enough for me. <laughs> to be fair, I think that's probably because, by the sounds of it, you don't have blood. You just have testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> You're just flowing through it. Good grief. Well, okay. So that's absolutely that. That's everything that I can think of to ask. Is there anything that you wanted to bring up at the end of the interview? Uh, just that you know, we've been confirmed uh, to be coming out on Steam through our Steam Greenlight campaign, which was uh, an exciting roller coaster of a two-week period because that overlapped with EGX as well. Uh, and so that, was that it paid off? What was the target for the Greenlight, or do you not really get a target? Uh, you, we don't know. Uh, it's it seems to be very case by case. Uh, all I knew going into it was basically if we smash it, we'll get through. Uh, yeah. And we got to number two in about four days, so that was pretty adequate smashing. And then a week after that, <laughs> we got greenlit. So, you know, it, it was basically just a case of get as high as possible and maintain that position for as long as possible, and we should be good. And we were. How do, you need how, to get, get on the radar. How does the submission process work with Steam? Do you just literally just send them the code and you need to get people, you kind of have to push it yourself, or do they help you out in any way? 
uh, no assistance from them. So basically, you pay. It was about forty, fifty quid to get a page, uh, right. and then you you dress up your page with a video, description, pictures, Q and A, whatever you want. Yeah. If you want to put up a free build, you can host that on somewhere like IndieDB or, or Mega. Uh, right. And then when you launch, you get a bit of exposure because you'll be on the front page. Beyond that, yes. you have to do everything in your power to drive as many people to your page as possible, mm-hmm. and that just required constant updates, constant social media, doing events like EGX, uh, getting people on the mailing list then incentivizing them to go to the page it was just yeah it, w- it was just accelerated pr you're having to do a lot of promotion in a very short space of time and they don't do anything to authenticate so they don't they don't ask you to prove that you've actually got a game they they ask in the guidelines that you have some kind of playable demo but it's not re- you don't have to submit that to them they don't do any kind of testing beforehand so you know you'll see you've probably seen yourself on green like there's quite a few duff non-existent games or just well like, yeah this is what i meant <laughs> so you yeah. could have a load of people buying or pre-ordering or backing a game because as soon as you see something on Steam, it's got something. It feels like it's got a little bit of viability. Yeah. And then you might think, oh, it's on Steam, so I might kickstart this or something. But actually, it's complete vaporware. It's never going to exist, and people just wander off with your money. Well, the problem with that as well is it clogs up the green light submission process, and so you get kicked off the front page immediately because a bunch of you know, basically fake games or clone games or just, you know, mobile ports uh, get uploaded. It's, you know, it's 10 to 20 games a day. Uh, and yeah. as soon as you're off the front page, there's no way for the user to be able to uh, filter by popularity. So once you're off the front page, you've just got to hope that people stumble across it or work your ass off to drive people to it. Good grief, it sounds like an awful lot of work. Well then, okay, brilliant. Ross, did you have any more questions? Um, just one final one. I'm the, the console gamer on this podcast. Is it ever going to come to consoles? We're working on Unreal 4, and that can export to Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Oh, nice. uh, you know, we're making a console kind of game. We're making okay. a game that would be great for playing on a couch. So uh, we've not announced anything at the moment. We're pretty much 100% dedicated towards getting the PC version out uh, yeah. May 2016. You know, we're a startup, new IP, but it, it's absolutely something we're looking at as many platforms as possible beyond release. Uh, and it, it basically just comes down to how much do people want it? How well is it going to sell? You know, do we have the resources to do it? But it, it, it's one of these things that's pretty high on our list of priorities. Excellent news. I think I, this is the kind of thing. I mean, I, I get people all around my TV, but I've got a PC hooked up to my TV, and that's perfect for me because people can come around and we can all play couch games, and it's great. But uh, I can see how most people, that's not viable. So it's having it on the console, that'd be absolutely brilliant. Mm. I think that'd be, that'd be fantastic. Not that yeah, I'm driving that, you in that direction or anything, but... <laughs> well, I think, you know, in a, in a couple of years, your Steam Big Pictures and your Steam Boxes and stuff are going to be a big thing. And, you know, so we're thinking long tail... Unbox being on PC and maybe only on PC will be fine because in two, three years' time, yes. a lot more of the market will be doing that. At the same time, yeah, I could see this doing extremely well on consoles. So it's one of these things, uh, just baby steps, one step at a time. See how we do on one, and we can think about the next. See, he's got a solid plan, hasn't he, Ross? Love it. I keep, I keep enticing him to run away with himself, but no, no, <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He's got the plan, and he's sticking to it. As absolutely brilliant Andrew thank you so much for coming and speaking to us today um, we really look forward to seeing what's coming out from Unbox and what's coming from Prospect in the next com- in the coming months I would be absolutely amazed if this doesn't blow up even more than it already has so I, we loved it we think it looks gorgeous and it plays really nicely you should be really proud well thank you and uh, thanks for having us thank you for the uh, best indie game of the show as well at EGX that was uh, yeah we were very excited to see that that's no problem at all. Thank you very much. Thank you, Andrew Benson. Where can people find um, you? Where can people find Unbox? And where can people find you on Twitter or Facebook if they want to look you up and like and follow and all the rest of it? 
Sure, you can go to our website, unboxgame.com or prospectgames.co.uk, and that's at Prospect Games on Twitter or at Unbox the Game on Twitter. And if you want to listen to me blab about games industry stuff, it's at A13Dev on Twitter. Perfect. Thank you very much, and thank you for coming on, listening, and talking as well, Ross. I hopefully I didn't like con the microphone <laughs> a little bit too. You know what I'm like. You do anyway. It's fine. I'm I know. I know. Where where can people find you, and what are you doing? I'm doing literally nothing, but you can find me on uh, at Rossbell1984. But yeah, thank you very much, Andrew. It's been really good. I'm really looking forward to the game coming out. That sounds awesome. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, I've been Rich. You can find me at Zebwen on Twitter. That's Z-E-B-W-E-N. You can find us at ReadyP2, and you can find us at ReadyPlayer2. That's T-W-O.co.uk. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.